Hello and welcome to another episode of the Rough Riders Rescue Tales podcast. My name is Christian Meyer, founder and president of Rough Riders Saving Dogs on Death Row. Each week we'll feature a new tale of rescue, interviews with amazing people who affect the rescue community, and feature a local dog looking for their forever home in our segment titled The Unadoptables. Without further ado, please enjoy this episode of the Rough Riders Rescue Tales podcast. This rescue tale was sponsored by Forever USA. One of the most moving experiences we've ever had as dog owners was sharing Tahoe's rescue story with our friends at Forever USA. Currently located in Reno and Sacramento, Forever USA is a unique photography concept capturing beautiful moments with fur families and their rescue dogs and sharing inspiring stories of how their dogs in turn rescued them. The best part is, for every photography session booked and completed, Forever USA will donate $100 to the rescue organization of your choice. That's right, you can choose Rough Riders as the recipient of a generous $100 donation when you take part in the Forever Photography Experience. In addition to having the option to purchase wall art, prints, or display boxes commemorating the bond you have with your rescue pet, your rescue story and photographs have the opportunity to be featured in Forever's annual coffee table book. Tahoe made this year's back cover and we're thrilled with the way his story was represented. To learn more or book your own Forever photography experience, visit roughwriters.org forward slash forever dash USA. That's roughwriters.org forward slash F-U-R-E-V-E-R dash U-S-A. Today's rescue story, sponsored by Forever USA, is the story of Charlie. While I was still in the shelter, I was sort of popular. Another family wanted me, but I knew we weren't a fit. When my now humans asked to meet me, it was love at first sight for me. I turned on my best manners and tried not to scare the man that was there. I must have won him over because even my foster mom thought I was a good fit for them. Later that afternoon, I had found my forever home. I hear through the grapevine that before meeting my mom, my dad wasn't a dog person at all. My new humans were ready for me to arrive. They had my crate, food, toys, leash, collar, and most important, my ID tag saying I was theirs. I have a fenced, safe backyard where I love to run and roll in the grass. I even have a kitty swinging pool for the summer days. There are flowers to sniff, birds to chase, and people to bark at. I'm a hit with most of the ladies in the neighborhood. Mom calls me a chick magnet. She also calls me a Velcro dog. I walk with them in the house, out of the house, and around the neighborhood. I don't want to miss anything, especially if there's a treat to be had. Sometimes I do upset my mom. It seems I don't always behave, but she loves bringing me to the dog park to watch me run at full speed. She calls it doing the zoomies. I do have some besties there that I love to play with, and I'm learning to play more with a ball, frisbee, and tug-of-war. I have a very busy nose, and I love getting close and smelling everything, trying to figure out what it is. Okay, I'll admit, I'm looking for snacks. Mom has mentioned that I bring happiness to her life, less stress, I'm her child, and as her child, I know how much she loves waking up nose-to-nose with me. She loves the fun, warmth, and joy I bring into their lives. I'm so thankful for the freedom she gives me, and she always knows that she can trust me. 
I know my mom and dad love me. They shower me with pets, hugs, and just let me be me. I love putting my head on their knee when they sit with me on the couch, which I claimed as my own, and give them my paw when I want attention. I act silly sometimes, especially when I want attention or I'm playing with my toys. After all, I'm a boxer. See, being a rescue isn't a bad thing at all. I think I struck a gold mine when I was adopted. The real question is, who rescued who? At Rough Riders, we love our community here in northern Nevada and being able to help our neighbors in California, Oregon, and Idaho. But we've set our sights on becoming a nationally recognized name and helping dogs across the entire United States. To reach this goal, we've outlined specific program initiatives that we are currently raising funds for and would appreciate any help you can provide. First off, if you're familiar with Rough Riders, you know our main focus is the transport of dogs from overcrowded shelters to no-kill shelters and rescue organizations across the western U.S. So it's no surprise that our primary program initiative is to raise funds for a dedicated transport fleet. We're seeking two utility vans upfitted with kennels that can be dispatched at a moment's notice. To learn more about our transport van fleet or to donate, go to roughriders.org forward slash transport. For a second program initiative, we realize that transport is merely a band-aid to the underlying cause of overcrowding in shelters, education. We're raising money for the creation of a comprehensive school education program, teaching kids the joy of rescue, the benefits of spay and neuter, and much more in a fun, digitally interactive way. After all, our children are the primary drivers of pet adoptions. To learn more about our school education program or to donate there, go to roughriders.org forward slash education. Of course, you can always make a general tax-deductible donation via PayPal at paypal.me forward slash roughwriterssaves. Thank you for your support. All right, joining us today is program manager for Vodka for Dog People over at Tito's Handmade Vodka, Beth Belanti. Is it Belanti or Belanti? I'm not sure because um, <laughs> no one in Italy has told me yet, but I, I think it's uh, it was Belanti. Belanti. All right. I uh, appreciate you joining us. Uh, I know you're very busy, but uh, you know we definitely wanted to uh, get you on. Um, as I mentioned before, uh, Tito's Handmade Vodka, as soon as I found out uh, that you guys were involved with dogs, uh, we wanted to get you on. We've been uh, patrons of the brand for years, and uh, it's just a, a nice thing that, uh, you know, what you guys are doing. Uh, before we get there, I want to learn a little bit more about uh, the impetus and the uh, origination of Tito's Handmade Vodka, you know, Tito's story, and a little bit about the company history, if you wouldn't mind sharing. No, I'd love to. Um, Tito's has been in business about 22 years, and the distillery is still um, in the same spot, which is in a rural part of Austin, where um, it's so rural that dogs like kind of run feral, or maybe they're getting dumped, but there's just constant constant strays out there who are in kind of bad shape because some of them have been living in the wild for a while. And um, so that's kind of how the dog story started is that Tito would go to work every day in the shack with his pot still with his dog and her name was Dog Joe. And um, she, she lived 
to be 17. She's actually buried right next to the shack. Wow. And that was his best, best friend. He spent all his overnights there with her. She was like so loyal to him. Awesome. And so uh, how did things evolve from there? Um, from dog, like the strays smelling dog Joe's food, uh, they would come up to the distillery and they would be often in pretty bad shape. Um, you know, being out in the wild with mange and there's a lot of like cruelty kind of out there from humans because the dogs are probably eating someone's chickens out there just to survive. And so, uh, a, you know, Tito would, you know, just feed them. And then sometimes someone would come up to the distillery and ask about the dog and they, you know, were looking for a dog. And for some wonderful reason, all of our distillery dogs, we are up to 90 now. Wow. Uh, over the, yeah, I just, we just, um, we just worked on a feral dog that wouldn't come near us for six months that was living in an abandoned house. And we finally just got him and one of our employees just adopted him. So I'm so thrilled about that right now. Um, Isn't it just so, heartwarming to see the transformation, you know, from a oh, feral yeah. dog to a dog that just loves their owner? Yes. We're getting ready to put out um, a vodka for dog people kind of like not a campaign, but just some new uh, creative and they're all distillery dogs like actual ones that have been adopted that I had come to the photo shoot so I can't wait I can tell you more about that later but um so the dogs kept coming and Tito was very 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 much in debt to the point where I worked for free the first year there because he couldn't afford employees so um we had a low cost um mobile unit in Austin called Emancipate that would go out to more rural areas and you'd have to get they're real early in the morning and they would do low cost or free spay neuter and low cost shots. So we were able to kind of get these dogs fixed up and um, give them, you know, so that they could be adopted. And so then, um, so we were selling also on our web store, we were just selling leashes that said Tito's on them. Um, and I would put the dogs that we needed homes or ones that we found, I'd put up right back then I was the only one like doing the marketing and the social. So I would, post the dogs on the actual Tito's like pages and say, Hey, we've got a, a distillery dog. So we just kind of branded them distillery dogs thinking that would give them more interest, you mm -hmm. know, that they were from the distillery from the area. And so the, then the dogs started getting, once we had other employees, like, and the dogs were getting too popular, they were getting more likes than the vodka. No, no. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Tito uh, said, Hey, you got to take your dog stuff to like, you can have another site but you need to put the dog stuff over there because we got to focus on, on the vodka here. And I was like, no problem. So I said, let's start vodka for dog people. Let's make more dog stuff. And right around this time, Austin became the first big city to go no, no kill. And a big part of that is because of, of Emancipate, literally knocking on doors in neighborhoods, asking to borrow their unaltered pet for the day and getting them spayed and neutered for them for free like that happens here wow that's so a lot of work they too. were just i know they're amazing and so um we decided we wanted to, to pay it forward after they helped us take care of our stray dogs when we had no money then we wanted them to benefit from the sale of our dog swag on the web store so it started to get popular and i started an instagram and meanwhile i was doing another job at tito's just doing marketing and social and content here so the dog thing is just sort of what I've always done my whole life and started integrating the Tito's because of the distillery and all the dogs out there. Um, so then the sales force starts to see that I'm kind of doing more donation of vodka and events for, 
you know, dog friendly bars or like pet boutiques where they were doing a martini night where they did nail trims and all the tips go to a nonprofit. So that was starting to sort of form. And I would say this is seven years ago. And from there, the sales force said to me, well, we want to do dog stuff in our cities to help our groups. And I said, listen, I have a job. Like, this is just a thing on the side I've been doing. I can't scale this. Like, I don't have time to scale it. And then four years ago, they convinced everyone that I needed to do vodka for dog people full time. So now how it works is we partner with over a thousand nonprofits a year that help animals. And so dogs are our story, but we help all animals. We do cats, rabbits, alpacas, donkey rescue, horse rescue, you name it. Every animal, you know, we do wildlife stuff. I just had an appointment with a fox rescue. So. Yeah. So dogs are our passion. And, you know, the distillery has a resident dog named Taki that we all take care of as a village, basically works there and rides the golf cart all day. And then um, the office I work in just down the street, which is the marketing office, is dog friendly. So we have, you know, a pretty strict but fun pet policy. We just built like a huge gorgeous. We just cleared out a beautiful yard out of the woods behind our office. We're going to integrate like a little dog park area back there Mm -hmm. so all of that happened i ended up you know scaling the program um tito's became like completely philanthropy driven because tito didn't really count on his his success so he really really wants to get back so we have a philanthropy department that actually does i think ten thousand non-profit partnerships and those are events like where um I mean, we do it in so many different ways, but like bars who have a yappy hour, a dollar of every Cheetos cocktail goes to the nonprofit that we pick together to benefit. Like that's just an example of some of the stuff we do. Um, but I've gone, you know, on Spain neuter in Puerto Rico and, and different, you know, it's just happening so many different ways now. I can hardly keep up with it. And I finally, um, actually they hired someone to help me last summer. So it's that's, it's just gangbusters, yeah. That, that's awesome. Yeah, it seems like uh, companies that are embracing uh, sort of uh, the social philanthropy side of things uh, tend to be doing better now than those who don't. And it's uh, sort of a state of mind just that uh, people want to give back while supporting a brand. And it sounds like you guys hit the nail on the head early on. We did in the beginning, see, we, um, you know, there were no employees and we had no budget to do any kind of marketing it's like tito's is built on word of mouth marketing so and i was already on the board of some uh, some nonprofits, and and tito is just you know it's just everybody's friend like everybody knows about was friends with tito in austin i think but mm-hmm. we would so we would donate like from the minute i started he was donating cases to nonprofits for their events and he'd even show up and bartend at them back in the day and i did a ton of that too when we were allowed to the laws have changed but, right <laughs> um but it's like because we were donating cases and showing up and caring it gave us you know an emotional connection to people and then they associated it with that but then they also tried the vodka because i mean people in texas are proud but outside of Texas, that bottle was not convincing. Like trying to do tastings in New York City with a bottle that looks like it has a recycled paper on it, you know, mm-hmm. we everything at the time was more status driven, you know. So um, 
Yeah. So, I mean, we've just been donating the cases, you know, because we had no marketing money, but now we're able to, you know, help nonprofits fundraise, you know, and we're, um, we're just, that's my job now <laughs> all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a fun job to have. I mean, obviously playing with dogs and seeing dogs every day oh, um, yeah. certainly so has its like, benefits. Every day is different. <laughs> like this week I'm flying to, or I'm driving down to Galveston for the surfing dog contest, which I've oh, been sponsoring for three years for the Humane Society. And tomorrow the Ladybird Wildlife Center is doing dog days. So I get to take one of my four, you know, and go through the wildflowers and we were doing a hydration station with pools and bowls and it's really hot here already. So, um, you know, every week it's different. That's awesome. That's so much fun. Rewinding a little bit. I mean, you were talking a lot about uh, Tito getting started uh, early on, how, uh, you know, money was a little tight uh, to the point you are now. Uh, what can you tell me about uh, Tito's story, how he got involved in making vodka oh. and uh, basically, you know, the, the company history? Sure. Well, um, it's so cosmic and, and interesting. He is a geologist, geophysicist that went to UT. And after college, he went down to South America to run dynamite excavations and um, had a real, real wild life and did some kind of amazing things down there too. And then um, it was in Venezuela. And so then he um, ended that and came back and started an oil company in Houston and something Thing, like prices went up or the war or something and it folded immediately so he felt like he failed that and then he started working for an environmental company and you know he was just like out all day like emptying sweat out of his boots like miserable <laughs> decided I can't do this he kept thinking I'm a, you know he was having like nightmares all the time so then his friend's like hey I have a mortgage business why don't you just come work for me and he was like oh air conditioning okay I'll figure figure out what a mortgage is and do it. So he starts um, the mortgage business and then I guess rates or something go up and he's, you know, that falls apart. So he's just like, oh my gosh, like sleeping on friends' couches. Like, what am I going to do with my life? Meanwhile, because he was so broken in between things, he started flavoring other people's vodka because he'd gone down to there's like a hatch or some kind of a pepper festival and he picked up all these pepper hybrids. So he started with just infusing other vodka with these crazy peppers and he'd give them out as holiday gifts. So then people started going, Oh, you're a vodka guy. And he was like, no, I'm mortgage guy. <laughs> and, uh, but then eventually, you know, he's like, wait, what if I am vodka guy, you know? So he goes into a liquor store and says, Hey, what do you think about flavor vodkas? And the guy's like, you know what? It's just taking up shelf space. It's a fad. If you want to get in the vodka business, then you'd have to make something that women can drink straight because they have much more distinguished palates. All right. So challenge accepted. He goes to back to UT and goes through all the old books of like prohibition pot still raids where they would smash all the pot stills and he starts studying the mechanics of what they looked like and stuff mm -hmm. and like how they worked. And then he found out, oh, well, Texas has never given a license to distill to anyone ever. Like, so it was just bootlegging, you know, and so yeah. how in the world is he going to get Texas to give him a license, you know? So of course, because he's Tito, he reads the code back and forth and those people in charge actually never even read their own code. So he finds a loophole in there that says there's no reason why he can't have the permit. 
So he eventually wins the case and gets the first permit and legally to make liquor in Texas. And he would line up like 60 vodkas with his own until everyone picked his. He never stopped. So eventually everyone picked his. It was blind tasting. Wow. So that's when he knew he had hit the mark he was looking for. And he was, you know, all alone out there for a really long time, making it, bottling it. I mean, he built his own little shack. It was this rural cheap piece. It was the only cheap piece of land in Austin back then that he could afford. And then he maxed out his credit cards and there were 19 credit cards because no one would invest. No Mm -hmm. one gave him money. So he just learned how to flip those cards. And now, was he doing the mortgage thing at the same time, or he yeah. let that completely go oh, and he, got, he dove in go. with both feet? Yeah, but it took a really, you know, it took a long time for him to be to get sustainable. I mean, the debt was frightening when I met him. Frightening, you know. I think he was really down and out feeling when I met him. But mm-hmm. then things eventually turned around, and then there was another tipping point, you know. But people go, "Oh, Tito's overnight success." I'm like, no. <laughs> Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, we've been selling for 22 years, but he was working on it three years before that. And we had no marketing money and no way to, like, you know, bring Get the word out with there. status or anything. Yeah, no, it's just that Austin, you know, Texas was really proud and they took the vodka all over the country and that helped us. And then we won the biggest award you can win. And Tito actually didn't even go and bring the vodka. Someone did it for him. And then he won the entire contest, the World Spirits Competition. Mm-hmm. And he didn't even know it was a big deal. So he didn't show up. And then they had to mail his medal to him. So that got the press like, who is this crazy Texan in a shack that can't even come get his medal, you know? And so that helped get a lot of press. So, like, there's just been things that happen. every, You know, to sit, we just get saved by the bell at the last mm-hmm. second. You know, it would take us to the next level. Well, and it goes to the the fact that, you know, hard work pays off. You know, it, it sounds like Tito, um, you know, wanted to perfect it and get, you know, the yeah. quality where it needs to be. And then ultimately it's being in the right place at the right time. You know, as long as you've set he, yourself up for I that feel. success. He has a talk he did. I'm going to have to go check and see if it's there. But he does. A, he used to do talks on failure and how Failure brings you to your destiny. That's amazing. I have, um, you know, for myself, sort of a, a mantra that is fail till you succeed. And so very similar to uh, Tito, um, you know, I was, I did marketing for 17 years uh, in, you know, corporate America, working for car companies, and then got really burnt out and depressed and decided to turn things around. And, uh, you know, same thing, uh, you know, you go through and, and you start something and it never really takes off and, and things happen and, uh, you know, it, it's, it's tough, but you learn from each, you know, about a little over a year ago, um, actually two years ago, I started working on it, but I incorporated uh, a year ago to start our nonprofit. And it's one of those things where that it seems like that's what all of the failures have started leading up to was, you know, this success. Wow. And so it's it's always interesting to hear stories like that, because, you know, you 
you often think of the big names, you know, an Elon Musk or a Steve Jobs mm -hmm. and think, oh, you know, they just naturally became famous and popular and rich and all that. Uh, but a lot of people don't see all of the hard work and failures that led up to uh, that point. Yeah. And I think he just, you know, he just loved what he did. He didn't want to give up on it. He didn't. I mean, we just thought, you know, even if it doesn't get out of Texas, you know, he just wanted to like be able to stay living in Austin and afford it. And, you know, and he had very simple intentions. Mm -hmm. So I think that's also why he wants to give back now. I mean, it just people like people are responsible for our success because that's word of mouth. You know, they went out and brought it with them and told our story. And so we're, you know, so, so grateful to that. And he still owns the whole thing. You know, he still, you know, he, here all the time so he's he's amazing that's awesome mm -hmm. so now over the last i'd say maybe five six years or so i've been seeing tito's pop up everywhere i mean i walk into my local grocery store and there's a huge end cap display with tito's yeah. uh, was there something that happened within that last five six years or so that uh, have just allowed you guys to skyrocket I don't know. I mean, I couldn't point to one thing that made it that tipping point. I just, I think it's just people, you know, and like everyone that works at Tito's, like we're a really tight family and we work like nonstop. So I think we, you know, we get to just focus on one product and that, that gives us so much energy, you know, and Tito gives us so much freedom to like go work on causes that we all personally love, you know, so I just, I can't say what one thing really just turned, you know, it's mm -hmm. a lot of things probably, you know, but I will say like, and that's the last seven to eight years where I'm just like, is this really happening? You know, coming from where I started with him, where I had to bottle my own vodka if I needed it, you know, right. <laughs> and I didn't have health insurance for three years and, you know, it's like really mind boggling for me for sure. And it's awesome to see the fruits of your labor, I'm sure. Yeah, it's been a really exciting ride. Exhausting and exciting. And I just really love where it's ended up. You know, I love who I work with. And um, I love that we all get to, you know, try to make some changes in the world. Mm -hmm. and, and, I mean, for us, the... What really turned us on to Tito's Vodka was, I mean, it is a quality vodka at a reasonable price. I mean, it's... You know, you get really expensive vodkas out there that are, you know, can be as similar level. But, uh, you know, for the price point of where Tito's is at, um, everything else there is, is just yeah. garbage. He really <laughs> wanted to make sure that his friends could afford it. And he also is just not a person that's worried about how things look, which is why the bottle never got fancier. And he's like, well, we you're just going to recycle it anyway. What's the point? You just have to get the vodka in something. Mm -hmm. So because that's not a fancy bottle, that helps keep the price down. That's great. Now, going back to vodka for dog people, um, you know, there's a number of things that you guys do. Uh, you had mentioned yappy hours being one of those. Uh, typically, how do those work? How do uh, people get involved in a yappy hour? I mean, the bars really kind of get together with the nonprofits. Um, you know, it happens a lot of different ways, but it's really the bar and the nonprofit are the hosts. And then they contact us and say, 
you know, we're having a, you know, every Tuesday this month, we're going to have dog meals for dinner and pools out. And so it's really just throwing parties with dogs all the time or the nonprofit, you know, sometimes they have big, you know, galas at hotels and we'll try to help with that too. We do a monthly trivia night at our local uh, pizza pub and then their uh, next door neighbor is a wine and spirits place. And, uh, you know, I think we'd love to do something with you guys uh, related to that in the yappy hour. And we've always got adoptable dogs. We have people oh, who bring yeah, their own dogs it. out. And yeah. it sounds like it'd be just a, a good yeah. time and uh, obviously, you know, help spread the word on uh, Tito's as well. Yeah, we'd love that. So now, aside from do- vodka for dog people, um, you've got a section of your website that's called Spread the Love, and it sounds yes. like you guys do more than just dog-related nonprofits. Yeah. Uh, you do uh, human-related as well. Yeah, there's a whole philanthropy department. So uh, what we do from headquarters here is just empower our sales force. Um, we do a lot in disaster relief. That's a really big part of our philanthropy um, for vodka for dog people and humans as well where it seems like unfortunately it's all happening a lot faster and more frequently so um we're doing a lot of that but yeah i think they're doing ten thousand partnerships total through the philanthropy department you know all over through our sales force we're always like planting gardens and cities and i mean it's just all over all over the place well like i said before you know it's a great way to spread the brand message by helping other people out well, yeah, Tino never, like, really was a belief. Since we never had a budget for marketing, he just feels like I'd ra- like that money's better spent. You know, like, if we don't take care of each other, I don't think anyone else is going to do it. Right. <laughs> That's how it's feeling, right? So he's like, where there are uh, cracks in the system, let's try and, and help fill that in to our to, for what we can do, you know. Exactly. So, um, you know, we don't have TV commercials, you might notice, you know, he wouldn't, Mm -hmm. he wouldn't do that. Yeah, it makes sense. Can you hear me? I can. Yeah, you were cutting out a little bit there. um, But uh, yeah, it's, uh, you got to love technology. It's always. (laughs) Well, we're just in a really, yeah, this, where we are in Austin is just not conducive to anything wireless it's all right we'll make it work okay. all right so going back uh talking about the distillery dogs you mentioned Taki is your sort of resident <laughs> distillery dog what's yes. what's Taki's story oh Taki. well she just wandered up like they all do about six years ago and she was the wildest puppy i've ever witnessed and we thought we're not going to be able to contain her. Like, she's just not, I mean, we, no one can adopt her. Like she'll, she'll tear your house down, you know? So the distillery was the perfect place for her because she has jobs there. And once she matured, she just became amazing, very bossy. She's just a huge, huge dog. She's like a yellow German shepherd mm-hmm. and very loving and passionate, but very um, strong willed, let's say. But she has certain people, you know, that help take care of her that she's really attached to. And I even take her home some weekends because I love her like she's mine. And I like to, you know, feed her. I just like to spoil her at home sometimes. But she rides a golf 
cart and she works, you know, she goes to some of the buildings. She had her own lunch punch cart at the food truck. I mean, she, she's definitely running the show and she knows it. So um, that's her story. It's just the beginning. We didn't know what we'd do because she was so wild. And now she's just um, bold and sassy. <laughs> yeah, I noticed on your uh, website that you've got a, a interview with Taki, which is yes. a, a fun way to she's do things. She's been doing press. Yeah, she's been doing some press. That's awesome. Uh, now, <laughs> aside from vodka, um, on both uh, Vodka for Dog People and Tito's, on the website, you guys offer products, you know, things for humans and dogs. Yeah. Uh, on the dog side, you know, you've got uh, a, a fun uh, stuffed uh Tito's bottle dog toy, uh, which in my household, we've got two pits um, that would last about 30 seconds. But uh, yeah. just a fun little there is thing. A new ball. We, there is a new ball we just designed um, on there that's for super chewers. So you might I can just send them a couple of those. Oh, they would love that. Um, yeah, I'll send that. But yeah, 100% of anything sold on our web store goes to nonprofits. Oh, that's and amazing. Emancipet is on there. And since we've done the store, uh, Emancipet's got seven clinics now and, and so many more planned. And plus the mobile units, plus they consult for, you know, any spay neuter clinic or rescue in the country that wants to learn their business model of how they do this so efficiently and their philosophy. Uh, so, you know, I, we love Emancipat because they're solution-based. Like, we could rescue all day, but the only way we're going to conquer homelessness and euthanasia is to make spay and neuter affordable or free and shots so people yeah. can keep their pets and take care of them. So that's, like, our that's our goal through Vodka for Dog People, even though we work with therapy dogs. And, you know, we work in rescue and transport and, and all of that. But really, spay and neuter is where, like, we want to be part of the solution. That's awesome. Yeah. So um, here in Reno, uh, you know, the nice thing about uh, what I wanted to set up when I set up Rough Riders was uh, networking with the other rescues and working hand in hand because each rescue has their own uh, strengths and weaknesses. And, you know, if we can all help each other out, ultimately all the dogs are helped out. But the thing we've been ongoing talking about for the last year really is trying to find some sort of mobile, low cost spay and neuter solution. So uh, I'd love to talk to you after we're done about uh, getting in touch with Emancipet yeah, and see how we I can, can uh, yeah, get something like that going around here. Yeah, I know they do like online. I think it's free courses and stuff too. Like there's, I don't know. I'll get all the information for you though. We'll, we'll email back and forth. That's awesome. Now with the products, uh, aside from the dog products, so you've got the dog toy, the bowl, the leash, you've got a, a neat sign, uh, a shirt. Did I see you guys even have a dog sweater? We do at the holidays. We do okay. some contests and we sell it online and it matches um nowadays it matches the people sweater so people and dogs have the matching they used to be you know based on the ugly christmas sweater thing but i think they're starting to get like really cute for being ugly so yes around the holidays that's kind of our running theme and then we have little sweaters that go in our bottles too so there can be like cute gifts oh that's so much fun and then on the tito side you've got products you've got a whole line of clothing hats polos you've got barware uh awesome copper mugs and tumblers and then i even saw yeah. that you guys sell a guitar as well yep there's always a guitar tito loves 
that's playing guitar and writing music. And we have, you know, some of the first things we did were doing bars um, at some of the bigger music festivals, which we still do. But now we work our philanthropy stuff into that, too, to try and help musicians and veterans and all kinds of groups. But music is part is very much part of our culture like dogs is. Mm-hmm. It's like those we were all for Tito. I ran the music program um, regionally for Jim Beam. So, you know, but Tito, he loves music and it just always made sense. And that's where we wanted to be. Well, you guys are in the perfect city for it. I mean, Austin is yeah. such a growing music town that uh, it only makes sense. Yeah, it's everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, finally, as far as uh, people following you online, getting a hold of you, uh, if you wouldn't mind giving out uh, you know, your website yeah. and social media channels, that way uh, people can uh, start following and, and get more information. Sure. Pretty much everything is at Tito's Vodka. And as for Vodka for Dog People, that is just an Instagram at Vodka for Dog People on Instagram. And um, we feature a dog, like people just submit pictures of their dogs with our stuff. And right now we have a backlog of so many dogs that I don't know what we're going to do. But that's a great thing. Right. Um, And, you know, it's so funny. I have uh, Vodka for Dog People coasters that go out all over bars everywhere and it says to send us your dog pictures at dogs at Tito's vodka.com. So we're just getting amazing photos of people's dogs all day. And I don't know if there's anything that can really make your day better than that. So. Well, and it's amazing. People love, not only love their dogs, but you know, just love pictures of dogs and, and yeah, you know, dogs they, are so cool that, I mean, the links people go to now to take these just unbelievably cool pictures. It's just inspiring. And the apps that are available on the phones, you know, just make it so much easier to be able to do that. And, you know, with the filters and, and, you know, portrait modes and stuff like that, that, you know, you no longer have to be a photography professional knowing F stops and apertures and all of that stuff. You know, your phones make it so easy. Yeah. I even just took the plunge and started an Instagram for one of my dogs, which I can't believe I'm I'm there, but that it happened. (laughs) And ultimately, it's a great way just to get your name out there and get people to follow you. And, uh, you know, we've been lucky with our social media that, uh, you know, we celebrate rescue dogs. And so people come out, like you said, out of the woodwork that, you know, want to share their picture or their story. And and so it's it's so rewarding to be involved. A really, yeah, it's, we're definitely either we're a village or we're a dog cult. I'm not sure. It's somewhere in the middle, probably. But. <laughs> yeah, so, sometimes it, it feels a little more on the culty side. Uh, you know, yeah. there are people who take a very hard line when it comes to their dogs. And, um, you know, it's yeah. always interesting to see that, that passion, for lack of a passion. better term. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Beth, I appreciate you jumping on with us. Uh, like I said, it was, you know, you guys were at the top of our list of, uh, you know, you. companies we wanted to interview. And uh, it's been definitely a pleasure. Um, we always give our guests an opportunity to, uh, you know, say any closing thoughts, anything that you want to put out there in the world and wanted to go ahead and give you that opportunity now. Well, just that, you know, stay in touch and and follow us and um maybe if you have a place where you love taking your dog that sells tito's and they haven't done a yappy hour tell them about it and get in touch with us and the nonprofit and see if we can just do more and more you know um 
the more the better the the more we um and you know the more we all get involved the faster everything gets better so exactly i know we're definitely going to get involved with uh, the happy hour as well cool. and uh you know we're going to share everything that uh, we can you know on the website and uh, yeah you. again i appreciate it beth and thank you for your time Beth and the team at Tito's were gracious enough to provide an amazing gift bundle for one lucky listener. This bundle includes Tito's Vodka for Dog People t-shirts, toy, leash, bandanas, stickers, patch, and pin, all in a nifty reusable Tito's tote bag. Sorry, no actual vodka is included for obvious legal reasons. Entering to win is easy via Instagram. Simply follow at Saves. While you're there, also follow at Tito's Vodka and Vodka for Dog People, even though those aren't a requirement for entry into the contest. Next, post a picture of your pet and tag the caption, hashtag RRTitosContest. That's it. On August 31st, we'll pull one name to win this wonderful Tito's Handmade Vodka gift bundle. And of course, you can purchase any of these awesome items at VodkaForDogPeople.com. And remember, 100% of the profit from the sale of these items goes back to animal welfare organizations. This podcast is brought to you by Three Paws Thursday. Three Paws Thursday is our very own email newsletter. Hitting your inbox every Thursday, this newsletter is a quick read featuring three tidbits encompassing new Rough Riders news, behind the scenes, upcoming events, community engagement, and even fun dog-related quotes. Sign up for the Three Paws Thursday newsletter at roughriders.org and stay on top of the latest happenings in the world of Rough Riders. Hey guys, on this week's Unadoptable segment, we're featuring a dog that's very close to my heart. His name's Demu. Now, Demu is a four-year-old male blue pit bull, and he comes from somewhat of a checkered past. He had previously belonged to a homeless man uh, out in Northern California who at one point was assaulted with a knife. Now, Demu came to his defense, resulting in the loss of his ear, and he got his trachea nicked at the same time. The homeless man ended up in the hospital, and unfortunately, Demu ended up over at the shelter. He spent quite a long time there trying to find the right adopter, but unfortunately, his time ran out. So one of their gracious volunteers reached out to me, and uh, we worked hard to get him over here to the Reno area and get him in a board and trade program where he can learn to coexist with other dogs and be the best dog he can be. Fast forward to today, he's been in the board and train with our friend Brittany over at Inline Canine Academy for about three months now, and he's reached the peak of where he can essentially be. Uh, he came in dog aggressive, human selective, uh, very much on edge. And Brittany did some great work with him to get him to a place where he can coexist with other dogs in the space, though he does constantly need to be reminded to settle down. He is still somewhat human selective, but once he finds that person he connects with, he is in love with them. What we're looking for is a special adopter, a special foster, a sanctuary, someone who can let him live out his days, who understands his unique needs and is willing to continue his ongoing training. Because of this, we definitely recommend that he not be around kids or cats, and then of course be cautious of the other people that he is around. 
He is muzzle conditioned, so he can go out into public without having to worry too much. But of course, we want to avoid putting him in any stressful situations. If you want to learn more about Demu, or you're interested in getting a little more info or think you might be that right fit for him, head over to his profile on our website at roughwriters.org forward slash Demu, that's D-A-M-O-O. And of course, you can always see any of our wonderful dogs that are looking for their forever homes at roughwriters.org forward slash unadoptables. Well, that does it for this week's episode. Thanks for sticking around. Please subscribe and leave a review and check us out online at roughwriters.org or on Facebook and Instagram at roughwritersaves. Until next week, I'm Christian Meyer with Rough Riders, saving dogs on death row, rescue on.